0: This episode is made possible by Armoire. I love genius companies founded by women and armoire is one of them. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days and then when you're ready for new clothes you just swap them out for more new to you styles. To me, solves so many issues I struggle with today. The biggest one being accumulation of stuff. Let's face it, women wanna feel on trend and fresh in their clothes, so we like to shop for new clothes often. But I also get overwhelmed when I have too much to choose from, which happens after years of shopping. I forget what clothes I have and I end up wearing the same thing over and over armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for every occasion and then send it back whether you're planning your outfit for a date night packing for a conference or in need of a gown for a black tie event you will be the best dressed person in the room without ever having to brave a department store fitting room with those unflattering fluorescent lights again Trust me, your overly cramped closet and the environment will thank you. Right now, my listeners can give armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit Armoire.style/heel. That's armoir heel to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Welcome to The Heal Podcast. I'm Kelly Noonan-Gores, and every week I speak to the leading doctors, healers, spiritual teachers, and scientists to find out what is truly possible when it comes to healing. I also interview real people with extraordinary healing stories. My philosophy is, what's possible for one is possible for all. On today's episode of The Heal Podcast, I am joined by my very dear friend, Mary Firestone. She's a personal friend of mine because she is in the world of healing and health and wellness. And we, I forgot, was it Rita who introduced us? I think it was Rita. Shout out to Rita. We love you. Um, but she, Mary endured, she's endured multiple traumas like many of us over our lifetime, um, which probably set her on the healing path and and everything she's learned. But she really went through a trauma in 2018 when she was trapped in the Montecito mudslide, carrying a child in her belly and also um, ripped away from her husband and four year old son at the time. So um, after that experience, she embarked on this journey to find out what could help her heal because it was just so emotionally traumatizing mm-hmm. and she has now put it all in a book um, It's very similar to like all the things that I've tried so it's just a wonderful resource um, that she was able to you know turn around and share her healing journey and her experience. Um, And all the things she's tried, because as we know, there's so many modalities out there, and it's all very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And so it's such a gift. She's here with us today to talk a little bit about some of the modalities that worked for her um, and kind of sift through, you know, all that's out there and and share what has worked and been really effective for her. So Mary, thank you for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, Kelly. It's great (laughs) to be
0: here yay reunited Mm -hmm. um so your book trusting the dawn how to choose freedom and joy after trauma i think it is an amazing resource because you really break down the things that you tried and why they were beneficial why they work Um, and it's just a great resource for anybody who's kind of lost or stuck on their journey of healing trauma um so why don't you start by kind of just telling us about the experience um in Montecito that story sure so we yeah. know what we're dealing with yeah um,
1: so as you mentioned I'd had you know, some sexual assault trauma in childhood which did start me on this journey of getting my master's degree in clinical psych and leading these retreats for women it was always a passion of mine to heal and to share that with other people And then in January 2018, we had just moved into this new 1890s farmhouse. So it was new to me, (laughs) 1890s farmhouse in Montecito. It was in the best public school district up there. Oprah was our neighbor. It was very bucolic and perfect seeming. And the Thomas fire had been raging that 2017 So we'd been evacuated multiple times. We still hadn't moved into this house. We'd been doing all this work on it. And we moved back in in January. And they had called for a potential debris flow. But I think being from the East Coast, I really did not understand what that means. Um, And we were not in the evacuation zone. So it was our fourth night ever sleeping in this house. And I had my then husband put like, I'm like, well, maybe there might be some leaking under the door. So I like put up some like, you know, boxes or something. Cut to 4 a.m. For no reason that I'm aware of, I woke up and we hadn't put curtains into the, the bedroom yet so I could see the bedroom face, the mountain. And it was literally like a tsunami of mud, like 30 feet high, just like coming at us fast so I screamed go get ever our son his bedroom was upstairs and by the time Napper my then husband had run to go get him I couldn't even follow him because the whole wall had crushed in and there was mud and glass and debris like up to my waist so I ran the other direction to my bathroom and literally watched I don't know if you saw that Naomi Watts tsunami movie mm. but that's yes. what it felt like um, I saw you know a house on my left just get like sailing down the hill on my right there was my two story house the living room and then the bedroom my child's bedroom ripped off spun around backwards wow. going down the hill and I thought that he was in it Um mm. so I wound up being trapped on my bathroom counter for five hours. The mud miraculously stopped like an inch below the counter. And I couldn't hear anything because a mudslide is very loud. Boulders, cars, houses, tumbling. Um, And finally, about like an hour and a half later, I could hear them and I knew they were alive. So that was incredible. Mm. But that night, like, sitting there in the dark, I definitely, there was another presence with me. Um, I felt, I know you've talked about, like, near-death experiences, and it was, there was something else. I don't know how to describe it. I always believed in God and angels, but I really felt a presence with me that night. And just when I look back, like, all of the things that lined up and how they lined up, like, if seconds had been Mm -hmm. off. If you hadn't woken up. If I hadn't have woken up, if I hadn't have screamed, if he hadn't have gotten there, if there hadn't have been a huge gas explosion that had lit up the sky so I could see the mud, there was just so many things that I um, am just forever grateful for. Mm-hmm. And then I was rescued the next morning actually by a civilian named Orion.
0: Which I just think is like out of a fairy tale. I love the way you describe it in the book
1: yeah he just came like charging in and his waiters and I'd seen like the fire department had been rescuing other people off of their roofs and I didn't think they didn't see me so he came through figure out how to get me out of there and put me on the back of a firefighter but now my daughter who I was pregnant with at the time her middle name is Orion and we actually he just checked in with me yesterday like we still stay in touch and wow yeah
0: true hero True hero, Orion Womack, or a true hero. <laughs> <laughs> Another shout out. Um, but yeah, and you you can speak about it now without you know as many triggers. Um, but yeah. afterwards, I mean, the nightmares and the sleep uh, kind of describe what you were dealing with that you've had to overcome, and how long it took you, you know, to really come back down to earth and, and feel like you were able to have a normal night and not fear. You know any sort of weather pattern coming your way
1: yeah you know I think it's something that I've been talking more about now several years later and just kind of realizing like I don't know for you I feel like for a lot of people it's like healing it's not like heal check done you know I feel like it's just this like layered experience but um, right after the mudslide I I also was coated in poison oak because there was poison oak in the mud (laughs) So if the nightmares didn't wake me up, then I I mean I had this like all over my body. It oh would wake me up. Um so I went what did I do first? I did cranial sacral. I think for a lot of people that have experienced especially like a really physical trauma, being able to just lie there and not talk for me was really a gift. Mm-hmm. Um so that was my first step, and then EMDR actually—that was—that stopped my nightmares. Um, and that's
0: eye movement
1: desensitization,
0: desensitization.
1: reprocessing okay. therapy. <laughs> I know it's a mouthful, yeah. <laughs> and it mimics. It's basically just like bilateral stimulation. So therapists can do it by either you—you um, you can hold little nodes that buzz right, left, right, left. Um, You can tap even. There's a really good book, um, Dr. Laurel Parnell, called the – I think it's – what does she call it? It, It's like the tapping effect or something like that. But um, it's stimulating the different hemispheres of the brain. And while you're talking about it, it kind of literally undoes the, the loop, the wiring. So the first time you tell the story, I was like sobbing. I was really triggered. It was hard for me to get it out. The second time was still really triggering but each time i told the story it lessened the desensitized yeah and kind of helped to reset my neural pathways and the parasympathetic response in my body so those two modalities were really helpful right out of the gate um but you know just having my master's in psychology and having this background and still not really recognize it sounds ridiculous now i wasn't recognizing that what I was going through was PTSD mm. at all, <laughs> which yeah. is like, okay.
0: Yeah, but okay. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like we can, especially Damn. you, get training to help others, but we have blind spots, which is why, you mm. know, I think it's the way God designed us or energy designed us because we're meant to be in community, right? Yes. We're not meant to heal in isolation. No. Um, so we have blind spots so we can seek out. I mean, we ultimately are all our own self-healers, but sometimes we need people... To reflect back to us because we have blind spots.
1: Absolutely, or we're just so trained to like, I got it, I got it, you know. And it's like, no. So now I've even like some of my friends who I love so much and are so smart, but you know, it's like anxiety, stress, trouble sleeping, digestion issues. These can all be signs and symptoms that there's something else to look at. Right. And it's okay to look at it. Like, let's look at it because that's another thing. If we don't look at at it, it's gonna still come out. Yeah i just rather look at it and (laughs) help it out in the way that I would like for it to come out.
0: Yes, totally. Um, I love, I'm I'm trying to think if there's anything else about the actual event that was important. Um, I mean, you, you still live in Montecito, correct? Well, I actually moved downtown. Okay. (laughs) So
1: I live maybe like seven minutes from Montecito. Because I imagine it would be hard to go back up
0: on the hill. I don't know.
1: It still is. You know, it's kind of amazing how quickly, I mean, that was only five years ago, they've rebuilt in that area. Um, There have been mudslides in Montecito over the years, like every 20 years. And they've said there'll be another one in 20 years. But... So that, to me, like, that's something I've had to let go of. Like, people choose their own path. Like, you know, you're buying a house in the red zone. (laughs) I don't know. I I live downtown. Yeah. (laughs) I live near the Mission, (laughs) the Mission in Santa Barbara, which actually, you know, that it was, the Mission was put there because it is a very safe place. Mm. Um, I have heard that the Chumash Indians used Montecito as a burial ground. Back in the day. So, I'm not going to say anything about what that might mean, but Amen. I'm just like, I'm just going to live downtown. Montecito's gorgeous, and it is still hard for me to go. Um, yeah So, that probably means that there's more work for me to do, Kelly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Until, I mean, there's always work to be done. There layer is. one right? layer, fun layer. Yeah. Um, I talked a little bit about, I love this um, concept of initiation. Mm. And I think it's really important to. Um, you know, address, like, I think it was Edith Eager, who uh, has the, I mean, there's so many different quotes. There's a quote of Buddhism (laughs) about, you know, suffering is is, going to be a part of life, but. She, I remember it. Okay. Okay. So I think it was Edith Eager. What did she say? It's something about victimization and suffering, like.
1: Yes. Dr. Edith Eager, who I love so much. She is a Holocaust survivor. She survived Auschwitz. And she has had a thriving practice in La Jolla. She's a therapist for decades now. And she says, she's written two books too, The Gift and the Choice, that I highly recommend. But she says that um, victimization is a part of life where, you know, you live long enough, you're going to experience suffering and being a victim. Victimhood is our choice. Mm -hmm. And when I interviewed her for the book, she's so cute. She was like you know, you go, you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, honey. You don't set up camp there. You keep going. Yes. So, and she's someone too that talks about how there's no like comparison of like, well, your trauma is worse than mine or whatever. It's like everyone's trauma is the
0: worst because it happened to them. It's all relative. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all the same, you know, scale per person in different situations and circumstances, and it's yeah. all, you know, it's all traumatic to them, you yes. know? Yes. Right?
1: I still don't think, I'm like, well, you know, if she can do it, then I can do it.
0: I, mean, I know, right? Yeah. Exactly. Hers, Auschwitz, could possibly be the...
1: I mean, I could possibly be. The, <laughs> the highest.
0: <laughs> on the hierarchy. Even though you say in your book, there's no hierarchy of suffering. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's hard sometimes. I, I think you even acknowledged it, that you, for so many years, and sexual assault and... Um, abuse is so common in a lot of children, sadly history,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you talked about how you just held on to that story for so long, and it wasn't like you—you know—you weren't exactly remaining in victimhood. But it's—it's it's just so important the way we use our language, mm-hmm. the power of language, and how we're telling the story. And it's such a subtle shift to be, you know, setting up camp in the in the valley, or yeah. you know moving through it and mm-hmm. not choosing to stay in victimhood mm-hmm. because like you know you say in your book it's an initiation everything that happens to us shapes us and makes us more resilient and shapes us and in, in who we are today mm-hmm. you know and so talk a little bit about your experience with that and some of the ahas or realizations around victimhood
1: um, well, and I too want to address like the concept of initiation because that's something that kept coming up for me. So while there was like, certainly a lot of the PTSD experiences, I, you know, panic attacks, I know you referenced a panic attack on your last episode. So I was having those. And again, like with my background, I was like, did I eat something? Like, you know, am I, is it just like a heat stroke? Like, no, <laughs> it's, you know, I had a panic attack because someone was talking about how the mud will happen again. Or, you know, I was at a luncheon for children that um, are abused and thinking about, oh my God, you know, and it happened again. So um, I was definitely experiencing those symptoms. And at the same time, I was having growth opportunities and amazing synergies happen kind of like you know what happens when we're really meditating a lot when we're in that space and things just kind of line up Mm -hmm. that was happening I think there's almost something that happens and I talk about it in the book like when you're so traumatized like the frontal part of your brain almost it felt like mine was just shut down and so there was just like more of a direct connection to the divine so I would think something or desire something, and like it would happen. And it just kept flowing. So I started to think about that. And the more I was telling this story, I was realizing that there were so many silver linings and amazing things that had happened, not in spite of the mudslide, but like because of having gone through that and then the healing that happened. So there was two different people, this young Ian psychiatrist he was like, oh, you've been initiated. And I was like, okay, okay. And then a shaman in the Arizona desert, like, you've been initiated. So I kept hearing that, and I was like, initiated to what? You yeah. Know? And at least in the shamanic tradition, when you face your own death and survive, they say that's an initiation. Like, you've kind of looked your own death, and you realize that we're all this is... This, dimension mm-hmm. is very temporary and there's so much more mm-hmm. so that is an initiation into
0: like a fuller experience I guess. yeah and you experienced connection almost like a near-death experience even though you're alive and well and traumatized on your bathroom counter but you felt that presence yes it's, you know and um that's a connection like a connect direct divine connection or you're you're feeling a deeper level of reality right yeah and that's what i think you also talk in the book is like the two the the mother and the sister who were grieving dan eldon the the photojournalist like they you know being murdered in somalia like they they felt the extreme end of the spectrum of grief i mean Mm -hmm. any loss is is extreme um but murder is just like such a extreme way to to handle grief and and loss Mm -hmm. and um and but they said on the other side of that the pendulum swings now that i've felt that depth of darkness and sadness Mm -hmm. the pendulum swings that high on the other side to feel so much greater joy and so it almost like that initiation just gets to a deeper level of a richness of life in a way if that makes sense
1: absolutely because i you we a lot of us go around like if we went around realizing how fragile we are and how precious it all is i think we would probably never leave the room you right. know, yeah <laughs> but our houses but but having that awareness of this is temporary this experience anyway mm-hmm. so how can we make the most of it and how can we spend time more with people that we love and on doing things that bring us joy and um yeah, having experiences, like not putting things off because we don't know yeah. how long we
0: have in this
1: physical body.
0: And, the, and you, you distinguish between, you know, a trauma from a natural disaster where there's no shame, there's no, I did this, it's my fault, um, in contrast with like a sexual abuse situation. Um, so talk to me a little bit about how you, because I know people, two people from the same family, both were sexually abused, one went on to Thrive and one is stuck in that story and drug abuse and everything else. Mm-hmm. So what, for anybody out there that feels stuck and just like doesn't know how to forgive the perpetrator or see it as, like find any silver lining in it is just plagued and depressed and bogged down by this um, horrific experience and memory and loop, what is your, you know, what advice do you give them that helped you?
1: Well first of all I want to clarify you know I talk about how trauma can be a gift and I do not mean that being assaulted or losing someone or going through something terrible that's not what I'm talking about that's not the gift the gift comes in what we're talking about before like this realization that life is fragile and beautiful and to be cherished so to move through it with healing in terms of Assault, um, I think that, and it's so important and I have to keep telling myself, even like, you know, 30 years later, you did nothing wrong. It is not your fault. And that, you know, to say to and for like uh, um, someone who's been in that experience to really take that in, like, you didn't do anything wrong. In our culture, there is this whole like, well, was she wearing this? Was she drunk? Was she? It doesn't matter. You did nothing wrong. It's not your fault. So that for me is something that still (laughs) comes up and reminding myself and talking to my children about other people and having good boundaries and saying no and you can always tell me anything. So I think having a really good relationship with your children, um, encouraging that communication and forgiveness. So that is a Buddha quote. I think something along the lines of (laughs) resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick. Mm -hmm. So that to me is like forgiveness. And this I struggled with for such a long time. It was like it was so hard for me to forgive, especially my first perpetrator. He was a 70-year-old man and I was a seven-year-old little girl. And the way that I worked through it is what must have happened to him to so i kind of like picture him as as a seven-year-old child or you know and something clearly there was some kind of breakdown or abuse and then it carried over um, to me so that for me to be able to forgive the people that violated me by imagining them as children that helped a lot
0: Mm -hmm. Oof, yeah. And there was something you said, or maybe I'm projecting my beliefs, but in in like Dispenza's meditation, you know, retreat that I just went on and different like a plant medicine journey. Mm -hmm. Like we when we've when we've connected and gotten downloads, whether it's from deep meditation and you're just all of a sudden channeling, you know, information from your higher self, or you're um, you know, doing some sort of ceremony and journey and you're just getting information, like there's like everything it it's hard to it's hard to articulate but everything is divinely orchestrated in a way and maybe one way and it's it doesn't make sense like why would God cause this much suffering mm-hmm. but there's in this is a deeper conversation for maybe a, like a spiritual master teacher but I liked what you described um, in maybe it was your ketamine mm-hmm. um, journey which again is a psychedelic so it's a, it's you know, Um, you had this vision of angels. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell us about that vision because I think it paints a good picture um, and is an extension of this little boy that turned into this monster Mm -hmm. Um, and going back to like where does the the cycle of blame begin, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean, to blame anybody. So it's really, I think the more important thing is to take your power back and say I am still here. Mm-hmm. I survived. I am strong. It's it led me on this path, for this life that I love in the healing world and empowering other women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then seeing that the perpetrator is a young boy, as innocent at some point in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but talk to us about this this experience on, on the ketamine journey because I think it's. It just helps me see, and I've had similar experiences in, in, in different, you know, healing ceremonies um, where you just see that everything led to this very moment and everything was perfect just as it was.
1: Yes, which I think it is hard because we're like, Ooh, that's hard. Oh, bad. But, you know, if it's if we stop labeling like bad and good and everything just is and also something that I like to say and I think is helpful is. Not why did this happen to me? Because, again, that's victim. But how did this happen for me? You know, what's the opportunity here? Um, And something that we might perceive as difficult. Well, if that hadn't have happened, then, you know, I'm in traffic. Well, maybe if you had not been in traffic, you would have been the car hit. Or, like, we just don't know. Yeah. So um, ketamine. I, first of all, want to say that I was, like, the biggest goody two-shoes growing up. Well, sort of. Actually, you ask any of my friends, and they'd be like, uh, But in terms of, like, drugs, yeah. I grew up in the 80s with, like, the just say no. And um, literally never did a drug. Was, like, bad at smoking pot. Um, I do like my drinks. But um, anyway, so I met, <laughs> I met Dr. Jeff Becker. He's up in Santa Barbara. I met his wife first, and she kind of knew about my story and what was going on. And she was like, "I really think you would love ketamine therapy." So ketamine, um, Dr. Becker, Jeff, who's now a good friend, he explains it is the gentlest but the most powerful psychedelic. It's also legal. It's the only legal psychedelic in our country. They actually use it at much higher doses as an anesthetic for children and um, not anesthetic. Uh, yeah, yeah anesthetic mm-hmm. for children in hospitals. but, um, it can be really effectively used for PTSD, um, trauma. A lot of they're using it a lot with vets um, for people that have suicidal ideation. And um, yeah, so I went all in. And and I also want to say, too, I feel like there's all these ketamine bars are popping up. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like doing it with a psychiatrist. You do your pre-work. You do the sessions and then you have the
0: integration. Yeah, integration is so essential. It's totally yeah, essential. Otherwise, Other- it's just a party joke.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, with reverence, um, we did it. And the first time, the first session, at the last, I was shown actually, the first thing I was shown, I was thinking I was going in for just the mudslide. And the first image that got shown to me was the seven year old Mary with this man. But What ketamine does, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's almost like you're um, a viewer. So I felt it was like there was depersonalized, actually, maybe. So I could see it and um, the scene. And then out of the blackness, this, like, gorilla's face, huge gorilla's face comes. And I was like, am I scared of the gorilla? And I was like, oh, no. No, I'm not scared of the gorilla. It's a good gorilla. (laughs) And the gorilla came into the scene and like scooped little seven-year-old Mary away from the man Mm. and out of that scene and then I was like on the back of a pegasus (laughs) and safe and flying and um, you know I think again it was like there's so much joy and freedom when we free ourselves of that victim story and then the last scene I remember kind of I felt like I was conscious enough to be like, okay, what else do you want to show me? Mm-hmm. I don't know who the you is, but you <laughs> know, the U? angels, God, yeah. my higher self. Higher right. self. Yeah. And it was the mudslide. And I was kind of out over the Pacific Ocean looking at Montecito and the mountains. And I felt warm and safe. And I saw it was almost like angels pouring the mud down the mountains. And like these beams of light like pulling up the the twenty, I think it was twenty-three souls mm. that lost their physical lives that day, like pulling them up. And it almost looked like a Renaissance oil painting. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful. And in that moment it was like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it now. It was like, it's all okay. It just was. Like that was the time. It wasn't my time. And it's all it's all okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that gave me, I don't, it was, there was so much peace for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's actual neural pathway and like actual physical brain matter mm-hmm. regeneration, I think, with ketamine. Is yes. That, I know it is with ibogaine too, but um, if like you want to speak to that.
1: Yeah. There's rewiring of the neural pathways. And as Jeff, Dr. Becker explained, it's like, if you think about the different parts of the brain, Think about it like, you know, a high school um, population. Social groups. (laughs) Social groups. Like maybe the band doesn't talk to the jocks, don't talk to the cheerleaders. Like, you know, the different groups don't normally talk. With ketamine, like, whoop, everything, everyone's talking to everybody. Coherence. Coherence. And then afterwards, that coherence remains. And it's like any kind of neural pathway that gets reinforced these neural pathways, these new ones, keep getting reinforced. Mm-hmm. And then you keep noticing, you know, what we're talking about, too, like these synergies and things happening and synchronicities. Mm-hmm. So for me, ketamine was really life-changing.
0: Yeah, that's good. I, I spoke about this before in an episode with Dr. Mike Dow, who oh. um, does ketamine therapy and, uh, or ketamine-assisted therapy, I guess it's called. Um, and I had a judgment because I was like, I know people that have, for years, I mean, like abused ketamine in a, in a party environment. It's just another escape and it's another euphoric moment or whatever. Um, but it's so wonderful that people can now with integration and pro- proper administration um, and, you know, hand-holding by a, a trained professional yes, um, that you can use it for really just reconnection within yourself, within mm-hmm. your brain, and then, you know, a greater connection to every. You know union with the oneness with humanity you know that's what i I know people experience so
1: yeah which i feel like that is it seems to be like a theme that we're both really interested in like it's just another way to like meditation like ketamine like you know to get to access these other states of being Mm -hmm. that are available to us all the time yeah but we're just you know we have to you know drive the car and in the three-dimensional reality and do certain things in this reality but I love that reminder
0: of like these dimensions are available they're there all the time yeah and and yeah this 3d world is such an illusion of separation yes and then trauma makes the you know pours gasoline on that separation and it isolates you and it disconnects you and it um, deepens your mistrust of humanity and these experiences um you know meditation or working with a shaman all of these healing but even cranial sacral like you just Mm -hmm. melt out of the separation and into connection and yeah. i think that's what healing is ultimately about
1: yeah and that's why i wanted to I really write this book like the the feeling of aloneness and we're you know there's no not there's, there's no need to well there's no need to feel that alone like there and that i want to create a community for people and just know like i pictured someone in the middle of this country who doesn't have access or maybe he's never heard of some of these modalities that we're talking about to know that like sh- she's not alone mm-hmm. i just kept
0: picturing this woman and um yeah yeah it's such a gift this is a great great resource um there was one thing that i hadn't heard about in the book that i was like ooh, ooh. this is this is exciting and it's actually a pharmaceutical which mm. to come out of my mouth i was like whoa <laughs> but um just you know for people with phobias you know i know that a lot of them result to resort to like a xanax or a mm-hmm. you know something an anti-anxiety before a flight or something like this and you mentioned dr jeff told you about this other thing that i can't remember the name it starts the p propraninol propraninol really hard to say and spell <laughs> it's propraninol and it's a beta blocker but it mm-hmm. actually has um phobia dissipating ability yeah can you tell me about that a little bit because I mean, you know, I know that people with, let's say, fear of flying or something, um, or fear of heights, like they've tried hypnotherapy. They've tried other things. Mm-hmm. And so they just have to resort to like, you know, basically just taking a Xanax and being unconscious like like, yeah, exactly. while you're in the experience. Um, but this sounds like it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a better bridge.
1: Yeah. So Jeff, Dr. Becker, was like, wait, no one's prescribed propranolol for you? I'm like, no, what is Yeah. <laughs> Um, And it is a beta blocker. And he's like, honestly, it's safe for kids. You could take them, you know, frequently. There's no dependence issues. And all it does is it really just, like, settles you down. Like, a lot of, actually, um, like, rock stars and actors, people will take them before public speaking or before going on stage. It just settles you down. And he, Dr. Becker, explained, it's like, Most people that go you know, take a Xanax before a flight, then they get through the flight. But they know that they need Xanax to get through the flight. If you take a propraninol, you are completely coherent. So you learn that I can get through the flight. Because he was talking about how fear proliferates. So it's like we might have one panic attack in June. Then you have three in July. Then you have 10 in August, and so on and so forth. But he was talking about how even kids with test taking panic attacks and stuff like that, if they take propranolol early, you catch it early, then it begins to prune that fear proliferation. Right.
0: Okay.
1: So it's quite amazing. It's
0: something to look into. I haven't yeah. researched it. I'm just I was just like, oh, this could be something, you know, while you're searching to get to the root cause of your phobia, maybe through hypnotherapy or something else. Like yeah, talk this to sounds your... like something to explore
1: absolutely i feel like it's been a really helpful
0: tool and actually he
1: would have me take a all the first time because i was terrified of drugs <laughs> yeah um take a propranol like an hour before we did the ketamine uh-huh. just to calm down
0: yeah and even to drive around montecito yeah like close to the you know side exactly. of the trauma to exactly. like start to desensitize and you just go in there and it does something with adrenaline i think it like shuts down the adrenaline response or something so that you could i don't know
1: yeah i don't we need to uh, i'm speaking doctor out of turn here <laughs> yeah
0: whatever you have anyways ask your doctor about it if that yes. sounds interesting to you yeah very um, helpful yeah so what else i like let's what is nlp i've never done nlp i've heard about it um how is it different than emdr
1: they are similar. So NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming, and they both kind of use um, eye movement, the back and forth stimulation. It's I feel like NLP is like a form of um, hypnosis almost. I need to introduce you to Kim Vincent. She's amazing. Okay. She does it. She's in Ohi. Okay. But it is, like, again, I think so many of these therapies and modalities, like a lot of them have similar tenets and roots. Um So again, it's another way to like reprocess and reconfigure a memory Mm -hmm. or an experience. And even going back to like, you asked me about like the language and the reframing. That too, I think is so important. Instead of like, I almost died in the mudslide. I survived the mudslide. I used my voice. I woke everybody up. Um, I'm still here. You know, just like the subtle shifts in our language. So that too, Dr. Eager talks about that as well, like rewriting your story. Mm. Like what is your trauma story and how can you rewrite it in a
0: way that's more empowering? Yeah, I know. That's a really big one with, with disease too because and I know Rob Worgan is a big fan of this, like not giving yourself a label, like rip that label off. Like don't mm. don't affirm to all your new cells that are birthing every day that I have cancer. Mm. It's like, you know, I don't know what the right reframe is um, in the language to use, but that label almost like keeps you in victimhood almost vibrationally, right?
1: Yeah, maybe like my body is healing. And what you said before, my body knows exactly what to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, it's in our, um, what's the word? It's like innate. It's mm-hmm. like an innate healing capability.
0: Yeah, and it's an opportunity. It's yes. like um, the Chinese symbol for danger mm-hmm. is made up of two characters crisis and opportunity. Ooh, yeah. I love that. I love that too. Um, so yeah, and and I'll, I know a lot of people who do make it through, you know, a healing journey where they were told they weren't going to live and then they change everything about their life and the 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 person that there was a death, like the mm-hmm. the old self, the with the patterns and the habits and the history or the whatever it is that you know, that was part of their story that person died and they were rebirthed into the new them where cancer doesn't exist you know or whatever it is yeah but so there can be a death it's just the death of an idea or a persona or a or the old self right
1: I think so because if you how do you go through all this and like like almost it's like a birth canal is Mm -hmm. what it feels like to me sometimes and that's what I've told people that are like I don't know what to do and I'm in the middle of this and it's like I understand because I'm so impatient and you just want to get through it Mm -hmm. and get to the light but it's you know it's this unfolding but my whole life changed I mean I wound up getting divorced But I'm in love with this amazing man that I actually met because I interviewed him for the book. So, Uh, you know, it's just, and this whole book happened, and my life
0: has opened up in so many different ways. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Many
0: people on the other side of like healing cancer feel it was their greatest gift and they wouldn't change it. But in the moment, it's the scariest, darkest, highest pressure, terrifying thing. You're in the birth canal, you're feeling suffocated, you're in the cocoon, you're feeling all that like pressure and darkness and terror. And, um, but on the other side, you're a butterfly, you're a brand new reborn.
1: Yeah. You and know? if it never got dark, we wouldn't know when it was light. That's we wouldn't appreciate I it. Yeah. I like to remind myself of that. Yeah. Even in those like days where you're like, ah, oh, it's like, well, if I didn't have these days, then I wouldn't know when I yeah. was having, ah, days. Yeah,
0: totally. We need the contrast. We <laughs> yeah. need, we need the darkness to see the stars. Yeah. Um, how like what you, you've tried everything we both are very blessed to have the resources to try many things mm-hmm. um, a lot of people out there don't have the resources um, give some tips or kind of you know ideas of, and what people can do uh, to make things more accessible and affordable or ha- like what do you what do you say to people um, in searching because there are a lot of snake oil salesmen bad shamans um, you know hacks whatever it is I don't know but there's not everybody could be the best healer you've ever gone to Mm-mm. Um, and definitely there's a, a sliding scale of of, of talent mm-hmm. and gifts and integrity yeah. so how do you navigate that as someone who doesn't feel like they can afford a $400 or $200 session mm-hmm. um, and so there's like fear and tension going in like what if this guy isn't as good as he says he is you know what I mean mm-hmm. well even before
1: like getting to going to someone there's so many things we can do for free like breath work is i mean we're breathing right Mm -hmm. now we're all doing it (laughs) and just by doing some breathing exercises like box breathing is a really simple way to kind of reset the parasympathetic nervous system that's like breathing in for four holding for four breathing out for four holding for four at the bottom box breathing um there's a ton of different breathwork techniques meditation is free Mm -hmm. there's lots of different meditations i have one on my site i think joe has some free ones definitely out there Mm -hmm. um youtube has a lot youtube has a lot and essential oils those are not costs i mean some of them can be costly but if you go to like a whole foods or any kind of health food store there are flower essences and essential oils which are different um and they're both really powerful like aspen and pine are two really good flower essences for trauma um for in terms of essential oils sandalwood can be really grounding magnolia is an amazing essential oil for healing trauma mm. um and again going back to that like nature as a healer mm. like really it's all if we're all one yeah and if you know chinese medicine even i feel like in the chi, chi which is life force energy mm-hmm were the trees, the trees are us, were the ocean and like getting into harmony with nature. Mm-hmm. So those are just some really easy ways um, and free ways to begin healing on your own journaling too, free mm-hmm. um, in terms of navigating practitioners and healers. I think that really like word of mouth. Um, so it's
0: the best qualifier.
1: It's the best qualifier, and not but and sometimes someone might have a connection this kind of work is very personal mm-hmm. so if you don't feel resonant with that person then they're not the right person it doesn't mean it's not the right therapy it just try yeah. another you
0: really need to trust your intuition i think you do and, and like lo- when finding a therapist you've got to, yeah. you've got to interview multiple you know yes um, and or if you meet someone based on someone's recommendation, it might have been right for them at that right time. And it's not resonant. So I really do feel like if you can just r- tune into your body's own guidance system, and that's a you know tricky thing to cultivate, but yeah. um, it's there.
1: Yeah. And I would say even before that, because a lot of times like when we're like post trauma or if we want to call say anxious or stressed or whatever people want to call it to get more realigned before you begin to like reach out to people. So you know, maybe, maybe you start with like a short breathing and meditation practice every day. And I know people are like, I don't have time or whatever. But you know, we we make time to go to the gym mm-hmm. or meet that friend. Like I, I'm not. It's like ten minutes, you yeah. know, and you can do five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night. Um, before going out. And most healers and therapists will offer like a 15 minute, half an hour chemistry cool. chat, mm-hmm. I think. And yeah. if they don't, then that's probably not the right.
0: And a lot of them work on a sliding scale as you mentioned in your books. So they, they work with do. people based on affordability, Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's why we like Wellset too. Not to plug Wellset, but I think it's a really great resource because you can have on demand and live classes for, you know, very nominal monthly fee Mm -hmm. um and it's like the peloton of mental health you can get us you can do sound healing you can Mm. do you know tapping you can there's all these modalities that you can access for um as many as you want for this you know membership great or whatever so that's there are resources out there and like you said breath work we love breath work is some of my favorite transformational i mean it's so powerful we had an experience you talked about in the book with gwen Um, but it's, it really moves so much energy and stuck trauma in your so body. So much. Yeah.
1: That's almost, I have said, like almost as powerful as the ketamine.
0: I agree. And. I say it's like I almost said, as powerful. Far- yeah. And with no exogenous substance. Yeah. Right? It's our own instrument. That's why, um, you know, we're all our own self healer. Mm-hmm. But we do, we're here to commune with each other and, yeah. and hold, you know, walk each other home. So really, lean into your community Mm -hmm. support groups for people that have gone through similar traumas or diagnoses, Mm -hmm. um, loss, whatever it is, and and lean into them and what they've done, Mm -hmm. Um, and then really you know get the guidance from your internal guidance system. Yeah. Um, And but this book is anyone with any kind of trauma. It's it's a real beautiful resource of, of. Things that are available, you know? Thank you, Kelly. So, thank you for sharing your story and and healing and being vulnerable and opening up about everything you've tried and, and what it brought up for you.
1: Thank you, Kelly.
0: What is What do you guys have next? I know you you and your sister Lucy, wish Lucy was here. I know, me too. You guys started the Firestone Sisters, and you do these um, wh- these retreats. So talk to us about that and what you have coming up in the fall.
1: Yeah, we have done, now it's sort of more like an annual retreat down to Moustique in the Caribbean, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have yet to go. I know, you need to come. <laughs> so that Sounds island amazing. in and of itself is basically a retreat. Um Uh, But we do some like, uh, you know, again, it's like tuning out to tune in so that we can hear ourselves and our intuition. It's a very loud world we live in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also have two different essential oil-based perfumes that we designed to make you feel good, not just smell good. And and then on my own in the fall, in October, I'm doing a two-day summit, bringing the book to life in Montecito. And bringing different experts that I feature in the book to speak
0: and teach, including Joe Dispenza. Joe D. Joe D. Woohoo! <laughs> Amazing. So, where can they find out and sign up for that summit or that, your retreats
1: um, on my Instagram, which is what is my Instagram? Mary Firestone Thirteen. And then um, maryfirestone.co.com, because someone has that. <laughs> and then Lucy and I have Firestone Sisters together.
0: Awesome. We'll, yeah. in, we'll share all the sh- links in the show notes and everything. Thank you. But um, thank you. Any last words of wisdom for our listeners out there?
1: Hmm. I feel like I'm going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning. Like if I... If i can do it if you can do it if dr edie can do it you know then then you can do it too yeah. you're not alone I like that one
0: too not alone yeah and and find find the opportunity yeah um, why this, did this happen to, for me and why did you survive it you have a lot of life to give to give and you have a lot of gifts to express so amen get this book and climb your way out of it damn dark valley
1: that's right because it's really <laughs> light over here it is it
0: is it's, it's uncomfortable in the in the you know birth canal in the birth canal <laughs> but there's a beautiful new you waiting on the other side so keep going all right thanks everybody thanks mary thanks kelly Thank you for listening to The Heal Podcast. Be sure to tune in for more empowering wisdom and inspiring healing stories. Oh, and make sure you hit the follow button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss that one episode that holds the answer you've been searching for. And if you feel inspired, we would love you to rate and review us so that we have the opportunity to reach more people. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram for some behind-the-scenes fun and more inspiration at, at Heel Documentary and at Kelly Goris. Thank you so much and be well.